Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always in the office today by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, uh, good to see you in person for uh, for the first time since the uh, the end of the the playoffs. The, the tribes run. I, I guess we're getting the band back together. I got. I had to come in to learn learn a new system. You you just showed it to me, Joe. So I'm glad well, you're here. We're, we have no problem teaching old dogs new tricks. It's uh, it, it's, it'll, it'll it's benefit, difficult. It, it'll benefit us down the down the road, but. Uh, you know, hey, the the hot stove season is sort of uh, in in you know watch and see mode as the the World Series kicked off last night yeah. with uh, the the Red Sox defeating the Los Angeles Dodgers in Game One. Uh, I don't want to talk about the World Series when when the Tribe's not in the World Series, when the Tribe's not it, it been knocked out of the playoffs. I don't want to talk about the game or the players or anything like that. You, I, you I, guys, the one thing, the one thing that jumped out of me, you know, they loved Eduard, Eduardo Nunez. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Indians did. I think they tried to get him. Yep. And uh, I and he comes off the bench and it's a three run yeah. homer. That's all I was thinking about last. It, everything just goes back to guys that <laughs> the Indians couldn't get or didn't yeah. get or whatever. Uh, so moving beyond just the games and all that, let, let's let's talk about our favorite thing to talk about, speculate about, and that's that's the Indians and, and what moves. They uh, need to make, could make, won't make in the off season, uh, and what we really wanted to focus on uh, today was was the outfield uh, as as its potential for next season, uh, and you know who could be. Uh, there are going to be changes there significantly. Uh, I think the the starting outfield last year was Brantley in left, uh, Zimmer in center, and Chisenhall in right, right. and I don't think. Uh, any of those guys are going to be around no, at all not, not or much. day at least. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, let, let's start, obviously, in the, the biggest spot in left field with, with Michael Brantley. Uh, you know, chances are pretty strong that he's going to, to leave the Indians in, in free agency, um, even if they offer him the, the, the qualifying offer. I don't think uh, that's yeah. beneficial for, for either side for him to take. So uh, what could be an option there in left? Well, you know, I guess, you know, Terry Francona in the end of the season uh, review kind of dropped Jason Kipnis's name. I thought he was uh, kidding. I, I, you know, I, but I guess you know if if they don't make any other moves, if they don't trade Kipnis, he's an option there, and you could you know keep Yandy Diaz at third base and keep uh, Ramirez at second and go from there. Uh, yeah, I just I wonder if if uh, Jason could play a full year in the outfield. I mean. I well, just—it's interesting, well, I, and it goes back to one of the things that that Francona said when they moved Kipnis to the outfield at the end of the season again for the second year in a row uh, this past season was: Does he is he the best option for the Indians? There is Jason Kipnis, a healthy Jason Kipnis who's not mired in a you know hitting below two hundred slump for the first half of the year. Is a is a healthy Jason Kipnis the best option for the Indians? In left field, you know, looking at the, the the state of the franchise in terms of prospects and you know trade availability or anything like that, is he the best thing they they can do is, is stick him out there and, and go with it? Yeah, well, you know, I guess you know, I, personally, I think I, I don't know. You know, I I think uh, I guess you, you could put him out there if he's going to hit like he did in the second half. You know, you could live with whatever you know defensive shortcomings he has, and I, I think I'd, I'd like him a little much better in left than I do in center. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a shorter throw. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't have to cover as much ground. 
Um, you know, the ball obviously will come at him differently, but uh, I think he's, you know, he's shown he's a good enough athlete to adjust. Uh, but I still think they're going to try hard to trade him during the winter. I, I really do. And, and we'll get to the, the whole the trade aspect of this, uh, you know, sort of thing in, in a few minutes here. But uh, let's move over to center. You've got uh, Leonis Martin. Obviously, he played, what, a dozen games for them before yeah. uh, the the infection and his season ending. And you've got Greg Allen, who really came on uh, in, in the second half of the season and late in the season as he got the opportunity uh, to play a little more regularly. Uh, a platoon situation there for, for the two of them? Because was, Martin cannot hit uh, against uh, right-handed pitching. Yeah, and, you know, I, it was interesting to, to listen to what Antonetti had to say. Martin's uh, eligible for arbitration uh, last year, I think, or, you know, and you and he kind of, I got the impression that they might they were thinking about maybe non tendering him mm-hmm. and trying to work out a deal on the you know a, a deal before he becomes a free agent. If they non tender him, he's a free agent. So I was right. that was interesting to me. I I, I wondered uh, you know wh- where that's going to end up. And we also don't know. I mean, we haven't seen this guy play since what August right. uh, when he got sick uh, and. You know, they expect him to be back with full strength in spring training, but let's wait and see. We've heard that before. And and if he does, you know, things work out and contracts work out and health works out, when if he's able to come back and, and, and play, he is a, a really good defensive option there in center field. He's he's certainly an upgrade over Kipnis, and he, he and Greg Allen would give you a, a pretty decent defensive yeah. rotation out there in center. And then you still got Zimmer waiting in the wings, depending on... You know how that shoulder heals, and uh, but this is a guy that what you know he went down. On, I can't remember in July, end of right, July, July, and uh, hurt his shoulder and hasn't played since. You know he's played like one game or two games for AAA uh, Columbus before getting hurt, had surgery, and you know they they think he's going to play the bulk of the season in uh, 2019. But you know where does he fit? I mean, I you know I think you know the reason they sent him down in the first place was kind of the you know, to get him to find out what kind of hitter he was. Mm-hmm. If he was going to strike out 190 times, he's got to hit more than 10 home runs. Right. He's got to be, you know, he's got to adjust his swing and kind of become an all or another, all or nothing hitter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of people say that's he didn't hit anything up here when right. he was here, but yeah, it was mostly nothing. Yeah, but uh, nothing. but you know, so that's an interesting kind of sidelight as well. Yeah, as far as Zimmer goes, I think what you found with. Allen and what you acquired with Martin sort of might give you the luxury of being able to take your time yeah. with Zimmer. And if he needs to spend a, a chunk of time in in AAA next year to sort of find himself, like you said, maybe that's not the worst thing yeah. because you also give that shoulder time to heal. One of the things that really stood out about Bradley Zimmer was, you know, before the injury was the, his ability to throw. Oh he was God. he was a threat to any base running. He was. He was keeping guys at first, playing balls one hop off the wall. I mean, his arm was a plus weapon out there in the outfield. It's not, no matter what, after the surgery, he's going to come back. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. So that's good. That's a good point. And you know, he's got speed. He can, you know, a great defender. And you know, gets on base. He's you know, he's a lot like Allen. He can steal bases. Right. You know, so you know, there's a lot to like. But he's got to get on base first. Right. And and that's the thing is. His his OPS needs to be yeah. way higher than it, it necessarily was. Uh, move over to right field. 
Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall just just couldn't just couldn't stay healthy, couldn't stay out out there on the field. Uh, I I don't imagine him, you know, no, being I don't somebody. Think he'll be back. I, I mean, I, unless like a bargain basement guy, you know, you bring him to spring training on a right. on a minor league deal. I don't know. I, I, somebody out there is going to pay him, yeah. to to come in and just take a shot come at camp, him. Yeah, because because when he was healthy the last two seasons, he actually did hit. Yeah, he was a productive guy, and, but he just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. And that that. God bless him. He's he's at the position yeah. right now in his career where he can go out and, and make some some money and, and whatever. But uh, I, I don't see him back in right. So that gives you um, Tyler Naquin, who, who came back from injury and, and really sort of I think he left an impression on Tito uh, with his sort of commitment to yeah. getting back and the work that he put in to, to do that. So you know Tito speaks pretty highly of him in that regard. Now, whether you can put him out there and, and live with what he's going to do at the plate, uh, you know, over the first couple of months of the season, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I talked to him when he came back. He said he, he started wearing glasses. His, he got his eyes checked. And his eyes, it weren't, they weren't that, I mean, something was, he, he didn't have great vision. So, he, you know, he said I, he started seeing the ball better. I saw him in the clubhouse. Yeah, he looks like Clark Kent, didn't he? No, he looked like. Ricky Wild thing Vaughn with the glasses. Like I thought, he, I thought that was a joke. I no, no, no. That, that wasn't like a disguise. No. That was actually, he was. He said his there. eyes improved. So, jeez. Oh, so he said, he, you know, he had the bad hip, and then he was. He said, I couldn't. I wasn't really picking the ball up well. Well, there you go. And I also saw him, you know, zipping around uh, underneath the progressive field, uh, you know, underneath the event level with the in one of those carts. He stole in somebody's cart. Yeah, so, like, driving around like a madman, like uh, Jose Ramirez on Mario Kart. But, yeah, really, those glasses, I thought that I thought it was, like, just being stylish or something yeah. like that. But, no, no, he genuinely needs glasses. That's what he That's, told me. No, I don't that would explain a lot. Yeah. But uh, another guy, uh, Brandon Barnes, is a guy that, that maybe kind of fits in the plan. But, you know, when you, when you talk about all these guys... Joey, you know, you're talking about third and fourth outfielders to me. I, I don't mm-hmm. see it. You know, is there a guy that well, can carry him like Brantley did? Well, you've, you've also got uh, Brandon Geyer, yeah. who's got a $3 million option uh, for that the team could. And, and we'll find out here in a few days, you know, whether the, the team is going to pick up that option or not. The, the two players that are eligible with contract options are Carrasco. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, who's a no-brainer. You've got to pick that option yeah. up for $9, 9500000 $9, and then Brandon Geyer, who's the three million. If if you bring back Geyer on three million, he's your right fielder. He's yeah. He's your starting right fielder, and he's going to have to play a lot. Yeah, I mean, but can he? I mean, the guy hasn't been healthy for two years. But if you're paying him three million dollars to be, if this team is yeah. paying him three million dollars, it's yeah. to be out there and play right field. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, I would think and. I mean, they could. I mean, you could platoon, maybe. I don't know, but you're not going to platoon Brandon Geyer at three million dollars. Yeah. Brandon Geyer's a platoon guy. He's, yeah. he's your left hand. He's, he's starting against lefties, but you're going to have to throw him out there against a few right handers. Yeah, I would think for three million dollars, yeah. you have to. Yeah. Uh, and we we talk like three million dollars, like. That. The Yankees could pick him up for for three million dollars and sit him on the bench, yeah, totally yeah. hit against lefties, but. You know that that's not who the Indians are. That's not, you know, where they are in the economic hierarchy of the game. And I can't believe I'm using phrases like that. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, you know, real real quickly before we get to uh, some questions from our, our our lovely listeners, uh, talk about 
you know, we, we touched on possibility of trades and the, you know, Kipnis's name is going to come up, and that's that. I, I don't think the team is shying away from the the fact that you know they're going to try and trade. He's yeah. do fourteen million, yeah, uh, little, this year, a little over. Um, so the he's due fourteen million this year, uh, twenty nineteen, and then in twenty twenty, the Indians have a a two point five million buyout for yeah. him. So I think if we if they get to that point, the the buyout is going to be a no brainer. Um, but I don't, I personally don't see Kipnis with the club reaching that point. I, I don't think they get to that point with him. I think he's either you know traded or other uh, before then. In order to trade him, they're going to have to attach a pretty high value prospect. Yeah. Because another team is is going to take on that money. In order to get that, prospect. or maybe they 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 absorb, you know, they take most of the, the Indians, deal, the Indians, you know, absorb most of the contract. I don't know, I don't know how and, how that would work. And that might be a, a situation where he starts the season with the team, plays a couple of months, and then gets traded yeah. either before the deadline or well before the deadline. But uh, to his credit, I think Kipnis has really sort of handled all of this. Yeah, be, knowing that he's been on the block for as long as he has been, his his attitude and he's saying all the right things publicly. I mean, we know that in the clubhouse and, you know, after the microphones and the TV cameras go off, you know, he'll, he'll have his, his little quips or whatever about it. And the situation is what it is. And you know, he'd rather just be playing and being the everyday second right. baseman. He'd also rather be hitting above two thirty. Sure. But you know, that wasn't the case this year. So I, I was at the, the ballpark when he's you know tossing his shoes to the to the fans and interacting okay, that yeah. way. I think he really does enjoy that. I, I think he's sincere about wanting to make things work here, but uh, I think he's at the point in in his career where it's either if he doesn't go out there and hit three twenty next year, uh, yeah, that's he's going to have to have a good year, definitely, yeah. one way or the other. It, it would really behoove him to to start off the season hot at the plate. And, and make things make decisions difficult for Francona right. and Antonetti. Yeah, and, that, and 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 Francona and Antonetti would be the first ones to tell you that they would love to see him do that sure. in order to make those decisions difficult. Yeah, I mean, and so we'll see what happens with him. You know, I mean, I think it'll be easier to trade him with just one year, one guaranteed year left. Uh, when you know they came close last year to trade him last winter, mm-hmm. but I think the two years on his contract kind of held that up. All right, uh, let's jump into some questions. I know uh, the the folks on uh, on Twitter and, and through uh, through some emails uh, send us some pretty crazy. Private, uh, can we can we just avoid all the questions about firing Tito? Or, 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 <laughs> okay. How many you got there? You probably about if you got yeah. five, there's probably four of them about firing Tito, which I'm not even going to entertain any of those. But uh, whatever you got, let's uh, let's fire away. Yeah, we got one from uh, Joel Brown. Um, who said it's it is is it time for a blockbuster trade? Uh, trade starting we they they've got a lot of starting pitching. Why not trade for some uh, outfield help? A guy like Trevor Bauer, his value is never going to be higher. Um, he's not going to sign a multi-year deal here. So uh, why not make a deal for him? I uh, I think I think the future for Trevor Bauer with the Indians. Will probably involve a trade when, when when they finally do go their separate ways. It'll involve something via trade, but I think they're, they're at least going to try and get a year or two more out of him 
uh, at least one more year out of him. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember how many he's he got. Four years? No, he... he's got he's got two more years of our, uh, yeah. arbitration. Okay. So, so this year he's going to make a a significant. Yeah, he's going to uh, go up to about eleven million yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah he's going to well deserved significant yeah. raised. I mean, number two in the the AL and in, in ERA, uh, you know, top ten in strikeouts. He is easily a top ten pitcher in the league right now. And he's going to make that money in arbitration. Uh, yes, his value is very high, but his his value is also to what the Indians want to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, he makes the the rotation what it is. So, and yeah, that's he, who the Indians are right now. Yeah, and I mean, he's you know he's he's pitched well, and he's he's said, and you know he's on record as saying he's never going to sign a multi year deal right. to, for the rest of his career. He's going to go one year at I a think, time. I think the story about that is hilarious too. The reason that he's never going to sign a multi year deal is because <laughs> then his friend gets to punch him in the face or something. No, he shoot him in the uh, shoot, shoot him in the, uh, the, the the rear end with a no, paintball gun. The other side of the rear. Oh, jeez, with a paintball gun. Well, I would have taken the rear end <laughs> in the groin. <laughs> wow. Well. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, that's a good but, motivation. I, you know, I was wondering, though, you know, if his broken ankle, what he had, would change his mind. I mean, you know, a career goes by quickly, and it's fragile, you know, as, as even if you're a fanatic and you take care of yourself like that. I, I agree. If that were a an arm injury, then then I would say, yeah. yeah. I, I, an arm injury might spook somebody into, you know, changing your philosophy on signing a long-term deal. Again, it's that's sort of his quirky way of thinking. He wants to revolutionize the game and change the game. Yeah. We're, we know he's on record about hating the the MLB uh, salary structure and the way that you the the teams are able to control players for as long as they are. And hell, if he were pitching thirty years ago or four years ago, uh, you know it was way worse than it is right now, Trevor. Exactly. You know, with the reserve clause, you. Uh, you had no options. No, you so, uh, I mean, at least this way, that the players are able to. Yeah, the players got a pretty good deal, right? Yeah, not, not, <laughs> not anything. So, uh, so we're just to, to sum up. Where do we stand on the whole trading Trevor Bauer? Thing? You know, I can't. I, not. I'm not going to trade Trevor no. Bauer unless unless I am forced into it by salary constraints. If the you know the, if Paul Dolan comes to Chris Antonetti goes, we got we got to move this guy. Uh, but other than that. You don't trade starting pitching. But what the last time they traded starting pitching was when you know CC Sabathia and Cliff mm-hmm. Lee and those guys. You know they, they were afraid they were losing money. Well, CC wasn't going to resign no, right. no matter what. Lee had a, a year left when they traded him, and that was because they, they thought they were losing money. Well, he won the Cy Young. They yeah. were going to. So that there you go. If Trevor Bauer wins his first Cy Young, his first because he says he's going to win multiple. If he wins his first Cy Young uh, this season, then yeah, then maybe maybe the, the trade talk comes back into to consideration. What, what's next? Uh, this is from John Kasinger from uh, Stowe. Uh, what happened to Brady Aiken this year? It looks like he didn't pitch at all. And, and he didn't pitch at all. He, he Brady Aiken, uh, their number one pick, I believe in 2015, uh, before that, he was the overall pit, number one pick in all of baseball from Houston, I think, the year before. And he blew out his uh, elbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Indians drafted him knowing he was coming back from Tommy John's surgery. And uh, two years ago, he, he put, finally pitched a full year at A-ball at Lake County. 
um, and struggled and struggled, and struggled but he made every start. But this, but this past season, they they kept him in extended spring and did not pitch him in a game. He threw bullpens. They're trying to increase his velocity. I don't know. It was it? It sounded. I'm not sure exactly. They just, you know, they basically they just shut him down for a year and had him work on velocity, on pitches, on his delivery. And uh, you know, I I am not sure. I'm not sure what 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 the future holds yeah, for it, Brady. It, it's unusual that he would not have at least progressed out of extended spring and, yeah. and gone to you know A ball or, or double A and try to you know try to do stuff in games. Uh, yeah, he was. He's one of those, and he's also one of those like sort of unique uh, personality type guys too. So you know, who knows. What uh, what lies there? What, what lies ahead? Yeah, there? but I, you know, I'm really interested to see what he can do this this spring. You know, the next season, if all this uh, if this uh, you know route of uh, conditioning and has will work for the Indians, or he's or he's done. You know, or, or you know, I would have to think. You know, his career is is in, is in jeopardy right now. Okay. This is a guy from Brandon, from Fargo, North Dakota. Oh man. Do you do you do you think we could see Nick Sandlin in the bullpen at some point in 2019? Well, he he did progress uh, rapidly, re- real quickly from uh, from Arizona to. I think uh, he went and reached Double A ball. He got to he yeah. got to Akron. Wow! So he went, he jumped four levels, maybe five, because he didn't even pitch in the New York Penn League. Mm-hmm. He went from he went from uh, you know the Arizona Rookie League to Lake County to Lynchburg, which is you know high A, mm-hmm. and then the Double A, and so. You know, second round pick, kind of funky motion well, sidearm guy, and, and that's the thing. They, they've got Adam Simmer, yeah, who's a, who's a young guy, who's a submarine guy, who's a uh, matchup ready guy. Who uh, Tito talked about in the the, the season wrap up uh, interview about you know him being a a, a piece moving forward that right. they, they're going to sort of rely on and seeing like him getting more full innings as opposed to just coming out and pitching to one right. one or two guys. Uh, and, and that might sort of trigger a, a, a renaissance for him, uh, getting him back to where he was when he was pitching with uh, San Diego and, and, and taking on full innings. But if you've got Adam Simber there, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know how similar those Sandlin, guys are. Yeah, maybe you can wait a couple of years, yeah. uh, or a, at least a year on. So now, if Adam Simber just comes out and is, is a total train wreck, you've got options and you've got control of him. That you can send him back down and yeah. let him work on things in, in Columbus, and if Sandlin proves himself, then then he takes that spot. Yeah. But I and think, Simber's kind of extreme. He comes from down yeah, under. Yeah. I, I think Sandlin's more side armor, three mm-hmm. quarter. I don't know, but who knows? I, I don't. So you got two righties that are kind of the same guys. What's so. uh, what's Sandlin's velo? What's his? I think he throws. You know, I'm I'm I think he's in the nineties, but I'm the low nineties. But yeah, I'm not I, sure. I wouldn't bet on that. And that, that and that's about what Simber is. I, yeah. I, mean, if, I mean, if one of them's like one of those guys that comes out of the Tampa Bay pen throwing ninety five yeah. and. Just smoke. I think then maybe you bring him up, but uh, yeah, no. I if you've got Simber here, I think you're going to roll with Simber uh, and let Sandlin sort of progress before you, you before Simber makes you have to make a decision on yeah. Sandlin. Here's a, this is from Tim Casper from Canton. Uh, I may have missed this, but uh, is is anyone connecting the departure of Mickey Calloway? As pitching coach to the tribe's pitching woes, especially in the bullpen this year, um, I don't know. I, 
you know, I think, you know, they they're kind of pointing a finger at, at Carl Willis. You know, they they're they're, uh, but you know, the the starting pitching was fine. I was, I was going to say. Uh, the, the rotation was one of the best in baseball. Yeah. I think there was second, number two rotation second to, to Houston. Houston. So it's hard to argue with that. You've got a 20-game 20, 20 winner that's in contention for his third Cy Young mm-hmm. in, in Corey Kluber. Uh, the bullpen was not good. It was a mess. So uh, Well, and don't you have a bullpen coach that you could pin yeah. that on? And, and, and I've got Scott Atchison, who they elevated. They they intentionally you know kept him around because they, they didn't want to lose him because – he he was a guy who they they think very highly of. So they let Jason Bure yeah move on. He right. was the the bullpen coach when they had the second best DRA in right. There. <laughs> and, and so, so I don't I don't know. I I think I don't I, I think that's it's hard to point at, at a coach, especially you know when you've got one of the best rotations in the big leagues. And and like you said, Joe, the the pitching coach is usually works not exclusively, but most spends most of his time with the rotation. Right. Yeah, I think if you're going to ask that question, scratch out Mickey Calloway's name and put in Jason Bray, and and maybe that maybe that question makes a little more sense. Okay, one more here. This is from this is right up your alley here. Yeah. This is David Frederick from St. Augustine, Florida. Given the way starting and relief pitchers are used now, <laughs> how about getting rid of all the five full innings? How about getting rid of the five full innings? That a starter needs to classify for a win, or a pitcher needs to classify for a win. Yeah, I, I think we've already moved away from placing a high value or a high importance yeah, on right. on the number of wins for for you know who's who's a. Trust me, pitchers that are going to make the most in free agency this year aren't going to be the pitchers that had the most wins. It's going to be the versatile. Hard throwing relievers who come out and can give you a stretch of innings and 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 change a game for you that way and win a game for you, but not necessarily under the rules of statistics. You know, earn a win. Uh, you saw what what Kevin Cash did with the opener strategy yeah. in in Tampa Bay this year, and you're going to see a lot more of that. How many of these four hour World Series games that were you know? <laughs> that we're going to be enjoying over the next couple of days uh, are going to be won by the starting pitcher. None. None yeah. of them are. Uh, I mean, and if they are, it's going to be because a, a team jumped out to a, a four-run lead early and, and held on. Uh, and, and, and I could even make you the case, I could argue the case that it wouldn't be because the starting pitcher did did as much as the, the bullpen did yeah. in that case. So uh, I'm all for changing the rule that says a starting pitcher can only earn a win if he goes five innings. I, I, I'm for that. I, that's great. Uh, but you've got a hundred years of history. You're, you're, so, you're oh going. God, the game's changing. <laughs> what? But the is game this, is different. Is this, is this just hundred years? <laughs> is this just like a like a small sample size? I mean, ten years from now, what if all of a sudden the the trend of baseball goes back to we want twenty game winners. We want guys that pitch two hundred innings. Would, and I would say innings. to that, and I would say to that, the players association is probably pretty happy that as many middle relievers and setup guys got as many big contracts in the off season yeah. as they did, and it's based on this whole trend that those are the guys that you you place your value on, and so those are the guys you're going to pay, right? I'm not saying starting pitchers aren't going to make their 20 million or whatnot, but if you're starting to get 
bigger contracts for for those guys, then yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's always been a star. Stars drive the game. Who's it? I mean, a middle reliever. Who's a star among the is Josh relievers? Hader not a, a? Yeah, but he's a, he's a kind of a late inning guy. He's a, he's a racist, but uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna whatever. He's a star for a different reason. But, but no, I, some of those guys are are. And that, that thing, but that worries me because relievers flame out so fast, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, starting pitcher, a guy like Kluber, a guy like Chris Sale, you know, those guys, you know, those guys stick around. I, I don't know. It, it's 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 an interesting argument. It, it, I don't know if you, you can. I mean, really, what what's uh, you know what what are all those guys in the Hall of Fame? I know they don't care; they're in the Hall of Fame. But right. what are they going to say? What's Gabriel Perry going to say when who pitched like close to you know two hundred fifty, two hundred seventy innings, mm-hmm. won twenty five, twenty to twenty five games a year? All of a sudden, the win is reduced to what four innings, three innings? If you you know what what or what what's the you know the qualification? I, I don't know if you can can you mess get, with it. And, and, and then you and then you give all the power in that regard. You, you're giving power over guys' salaries ostensibly to, to Bob Maver. You, you give <laughs> to the the official scorer would be the guy who then determines, <laughs> you know, who pitched effectively enough to win yeah, a game. Right. That's uh, think about the power that oh my that the official scorer would then wield. Yeah. yeah that, then you got. Then you got to think about like changing the requirements for what an official score or who can be an official score. I mean, that's, yeah. It, think about the power that you would be giving them. Oh my God! If, I didn't uh, even think about that. Uh, yeah. That's uh, it's an interesting argument. You hear that, Maver? <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Uh, but again, I, I think give it a couple of years. Okay, if if you're worried about sample size, give it a couple of years. And let's see where the trend goes, and if it stays this yeah, way, I think then, you know, yeah, then, yeah, then, yeah, then you got to consider it. That's good. Uh, don't don't make a don't make a rash you know change because you see the way it's going. Uh, if it's only going to come back around the other way, hell, maybe there's you know a, a whole crop of big hosses are coming up that can throw you know 250 innings and and be that effective, yeah. but and not break down as starting pitchers. So who knows? All right, we've. Uh, We've reached the end of the uh, question and answer yes. session. Uh, we're, we're getting up against it. I just wanted to uh, bring up uh, sort of the highlight of the ALCS and the uh, the, um, the the championship series round uh, for for us as you know guys who follow the Indians on a, on a daily basis was seeing Trevor Bauer in a suit <laughs> in the uh, Major League Baseball Network studios uh, analyzing uh, games. Uh, between the Red Sox and the uh, the Astros, first of all, it was hilarious to see Trevor Bauer sitting there, straight faced, complimenting the Astros. Yeah, uh, you know, almost through his teeth, uh, as as well deserved for their performance. Right, <laughs> but to hear Trevor Bauer compliment Garrett Cole on his performance was just hilarious. Uh, what did you make of, of Bauer's? Uh, uh, stint as a, a network analyst for, for Major League Baseball. I loved it. I thought he did a great job. Uh, I really liked his uh, his uh, breakdown on how Machado, how Manny Machado owns him. And, it, you know, he was showing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like was, you know, there was no self-consciousness. He just said, this guy owns me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, and they went through the pitch by pitch on different at-bats and, uh you know what he did to try to beat you know beat him, and he just said Machado just kind of wore him out, and mm-hmm. I just I thought that was very uh, revealing, very uh, 
you know, just self-effacing. You know, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, and it was informative. It was, uh, you know, you, you learned something. Yeah, I mean, this is, he really sort of demonstrated that he could, if he weren't, if, if pitching ended for him tomorrow, he could actually be a really good network analyst or uh, a guy. Now, other personality traits and, and you know, flaws or whatever notwithstanding because uh, we didn't what we didn't see in that was anybody talking about drones or anybody talking about uh, you know sticky substances or anything like that he, he really sort of didn't get his dander up yeah but uh, in 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 that setting they they, they had the, the reins were, were kept tight and he was he was excellent I think Trevor to me he's got Plans beyond baseball, mm-hmm. don't you think? I yeah. think I don't know if this guy's. I don't know if he's going to take his clothing, <laughs> his clothing apparel with oh. that little image of him with the the the, the Bauer blade. Yeah, the, the, the stick. I, I don't know what but but I, I mean, it makes sense. He's he's trying to change things. He's trying to do things that nobody else has done before, and you, you got to give him credit for that. Whether or not the delivery is is yeah. you, you agree with, right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, and and the way he's been gaslighting fans and followers on Twitter for the last couple of days has has really been yeah, interesting. That's part of it I don't get. But yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he needs to do that. But well, and that's that's our own personal yeah. opinions about that. He, he, we can't say one way or another, and uh, you know, until it makes headlines, which he did before last season. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when you're going at your own teammates with uh, you know stuff about politics and things like that, you, that that's there's no place for that, I don't think. But again, he's building his brand, and I think, like you said, beyond baseball or when when his playing days end, I think there's there's something to it. He could be, you know, what the the, the really interesting thought would be uh, with all of these like uh, camps and academies and and places to train and whatnot, and he's giving. I've seen him on Twitter giving training tips and advice right. to, to kids. He could be, yeah. he could he could be making a whole army of Trevor Bauer clone. Like you think about it, a bunch of twelve year old kids who are Trevor Bauer clones coming up through the ranks. You know, in a couple of years, and uh, that could be his master plan. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, man? I mean, it's worked so far. It's worked so far. Well, the so look we'll on Wayne's face right now is it's priceless. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, that'll about do it for us this week. We've uh, we got to get out of here, but. Uh, stick with us as heck. If the Red Sox and uh, and Dodgers wrap up here in the next couple of days, uh, you know, then the real fun starts. Uh, five days after that is when, That's right. when the whole the whole uh, thing gets rolling. So uh, we will talk to you then.